Do you send money internationally? I do all the time for business and for personal reasons. Because of where I live and where I'm from, I often float between US dollars, Aruban florins, Swedish crowns, and other currencies too. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise? Well, one easy answer with three syllables, exchange rates. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and then they keep that difference for themselves. But TransferWise is different. They use a clever new technology, so you always get the real rate when you convert between currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies, and it even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money gets to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees other services charge. You don't have to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving. Sign up right now at transferwise.com slash yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's transferwise.com slash yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I uh, am going to start off right off the bat, right away, and go ahead and say that I am feeling super unmotivated today. <laughs> Literally, really unmotivated, uninspired, kind of like blech. <laughs> Very exciting, motivating way to start this show. No, this show is its just, it's called from the heart. So I'm just going to speak from the heart. It actually very rarely happens to me that I sit down to record the podcast and feel totally uninspired. It's really rare. And sometimes I do. And then I start talking anyway. And then I find myself on this kind of path and I end up somewhere where I make sense, (laughs) at least in my own brain. And I'm guessing in your brain too, because you're listening to this again right now. But today, this whole week, it's only Wednesday I'm recording this. You're listening. It's probably Friday. But this whole week, it's it's the longest fucking week of all time. I mean, seriously, it's the longest week. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> okay, let me paint you a little word picture just kind of to show what's going on in my life right now. Dennis and I just took a Pilates class, which is super weird. Picture my like six foot four husband doing Pilates. Yes, I was cracking up the whole time and he's hilarious and kept poking me all throughout so so that's good I mean I've moved my body today so that's good I feel good about that sitting on the floor in our you know top of our house just looking out at the garden it's beautiful the sun is shining so many beautiful things in my life but I have this kind of underlying feeling right now of just blah <laughs> and I don't know how to fix it I don't know how to fix it I'm in this place this week from the heart podcast is me not knowing at all what the fuck is going on in my own life right now. So let's see, maybe at the end of this podcast, I will arrive at some sort of truth. I honestly, I honestly don't know. Past couple of days. So it's been a while since I sat down to record just alone. So I've really missed that. We've had some amazing guests on the show lately. I recorded um, last week with LP, amazing artist who's on the show next week. Um, we're, We're saving that episode a little bit, but a lot of stuff. I have a new microphone. If it sounds different, it's because my microphone is new. I don't know if it's good new or bad new, but it's new. I've had a lot of technological mishaps happen this past week. It's almost like, um, I don't know, someone told me yesterday that there's some sort of astrological reason why things are not going super well for everybody right right now. And I love that. (laughs) I mean, I don't love that there's a reason that things are not great. I just, I love when... I can look at something in astrology and it tells me 
it like legitimizes what I'm going through. <laughs> oh, it's not me. It's not, I'm not the personal issue. It's not like me and my problems. It's just the stars and the sun and the planets <laughs> creating this sort of messy feeling in my life. Okay, great. So it's just going to pass eventually, which of course it, it does. But that's, that's basically my favorite part about astrology is it just makes me feel less like a crazy person and uh, like I'm less to blame when things are super weird. But yeah, here I am. <laughs> so perhaps you're feeling the same. I don't know if you've had a week where you felt all over the place, if you've had a week where life threw you a couple of curveballs, if you're feeling like like you don't really know which way to turn or where to go right now, that means we're in the, exactly the same space, okay? So it means you're not alone. If you're sitting there right now, like I have all my shit together. I know exactly where I'm headed. Life is super easy and full of flow right now. Okay, well then... then I'm super happy for you and feeling a little bit resentful because I miss that. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, that's the thing. So when life is flowing really well and everything comes easy, we tend to kind of take that for granted, like it's going to be the way that way always. And then, you know, we get thrown a couple of hurdles and then we look at those times of flow and we're like, oh, I didn't appreciate what I had then. And that's kind of how I go. I just get very dramatic about everything all the time. So what for a normal person, maybe it's just like a couple of couple of low days, no big deal for me. It's like, oh, I can't believe, <laughs> can't believe this is happening to me. And oh, how dare the universe <laughs> throw these things in my lap today of all days. I get just like, I could probably like create a musical just around the drama I create for myself on a regular basis. But that's just where I am. So I'm guessing we're all kind of in the same boat. I'm guessing right now you don't feel like you have everything in your life totally figured out. And I know that's part of it. We're not supposed to feel like we know everything. And I think if we get to that place where we're like, oh, I got everything under control, then we just know, you know, the universe doesn't like it when we get cocky. <laughs> universe doesn't like it when we get cocky or arrogant or when we kind of think that we've outsmarted the system. We need these we need these sort of struggles thrown our way to learn what we need to learn and to evolve and to get to the next level of our lives. Of course, that's the case. But assuming that we're all feeling a little bit unsettled right now, just because vibrationally that tends to be the case, especially with this podcast, let's take a, let's take a moment to just wind down. Yeah. So wherever you are, if you can sit down or just find a place to ground or close your eyes, if it's, if it's possible, let's Let's just take a really, really deep breath right now. So through the nose, fill the body all the way. And open the mouth, let it out. And the name of this podcast, of course, is From the Heart. So just really listening from the heart right now, from that heart-centered place. As I say that, I immediately go to just place my hand on top of my heart, just that energetic center at the center of the chest. So what is moving through your heart in this moment in time? How are you feeling? How are you doing? What's going on? What's new? What's old? What's shaking? What's, what's, what's here now? And if you feel little bit disconnected from your heart center in this moment that's okay see if you can just invite a little more breath into the body 
Just keep the inhales, exhales moving through the nose, but invite a little more space, a little more spaciousness, a little bit of an opening there just to help steady and calm the mind. Speaking from the heart in this moment, how are you? And just see. This is a beautiful thing about the heart is we can both speak from this place and also at the same time listen from that place. And something for me that immediately always shows up whenever I whenever I take the moment to just close my eyes and connect to my heart any moment of the day is usually I need to cut myself a little bit of slack. Usually I need to just be a little bit kinder to myself. Whatever it is that's kind of making me feel not enough or stressed or anxious or whatever is there usually comes along with this idea that I have to fix something, right? I have to do something about it. I have to, you know, get back to happy or just change something. And sometimes the smoothest or I guess the easiest way out is not around, but it's through. Yeah, so it just means that we have to sit with what we're feeling in the moment. We have to just stay where we are. So just for you in this moment, feel what's moving right here. See how the breath is flowing through the body. What's moving through the breath and into the heart. Let's go ahead and take one more deep, deep, deep breath in. And let it all go. You can flutter the eyes open. If it feels good to leave your hand to your heart center, you can do that. For me, it's always a just a beautiful way to connect, to come back home, to just really check in. You know, how am I doing here now? What's present? I think for me, just the moment I just, oh, I can feel it in my lower belly now. I can feel my shoulders dropping a little bit. It's been a pretty tumultuous couple of weeks for me. I released my new book, To Love and Let Go, just available everywhere <laughs> right now. And I don't think, honestly, I gave myself enough time to really digest what that means. I mean, I spoke about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've been sharing it through social media, stuff like that. But just, you know, I, I spent five years writing that book, spent five years sitting with and feeling and processing and writing about grief and death and you know suicide and heavy heavy terrible things that came my way and it kind of became this thing that felt like it would never finish you know it was almost anticlimactic in that way that just you know I had deadlines I kept pushing them and then I was writing and then then and then I just it took so long that I think a part of me just didn't really think it was actually gonna come together I don't know like it was just this infinite thing I was doing that would never end and then all of a sudden the last month was just super fast you know finishing the book closing everything da, 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 da. you know and here's the cover and here da, 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 and now announced and now it's out it just it was this wave of like whoop it went from being this very private intimate thing that I've been doing alone for years to just it's out there and you know here we go and now there's all these logistical things around it that I have to decide, like, you know, what's going to be written on the back cover and who can I send the book to who might want to, like, give it a review or, 
you know, and there's a book tour and there's stuff. And it's just kind of, I went from that moment of just releasing the book and then immediately swooped into the next part, the logistical piece of it. And then just, you know, other work, <laughs> of course, like the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And I, I don't think I gave myself enough time to really process the fact that the release of this book sort of officially marks the end of a chapter for me. I mean, I think with, when it comes to healing, when it comes to closing something, when it comes to, yeah, looking for that space of, of, of healing in our hearts, I, I don't think ever we're going to all of a sudden arrive at a place and go, okay, I'm done, you know, check that off and new chapter now. Not really. It's something we carry with us forever. And it's also, you know, what I, what I say in the book or what I really want to convey with the book. But in a really big way, it... <sighs> It, it closes something and completely opens and unravels something for me all at the same time. So it closes this chapter of me sitting with this alone. And it's just, you know, it's, it, it is this closing this chapter of, of sort of reliving this pain that was there for such a long time. But at the same time, it's opening this new chapter of, of sending it out into the world, right? Where I'm just, it's not just me and my story anymore. It's, it's sending that story out into the world where I have no control of it anymore. So it, it requires talking about it all of a sudden a lot, which is something I normally don't do all the time. You know, I've, I've been answering a lot of questions about, about my best friend who died and oh, a lot of people, a really beautifully painful amount of people have written me asking about my dog, Sergeant Pepper, who or Pepper, who, who died, who was a big piece of this book. And I, for a really long time, felt like it wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't legitimate enough for me to grieve the way I grieved when Pepper died because I just lost my grandmother and then I just lost my best friend and then my mom didn't want to live and there were so many things that were so horrible that, you know, in comparison to a human being and a human life, it was like I, this, I just felt like I couldn't express that grief the same way because how can you, you know, how can you grieve your best friend was a person the way you grieve your dog, you know, it's, of course, there's a big difference there, but for me, for me, it was like the love was the same. Does that make sense? I know it makes sense to people who've lost a dog that was their baby. You know, I know it, it makes sense in that way. And I think, you know, we can't really compare losses in that way. You know, if the love is there, the love is there, then the pain is going to be present too. But a part of me felt like, oh, I was almost a little nervous about putting really all, putting all of it on paper really raw how that process was for me and how challenging for me it was and it was you know almost almost the worst part of, of, of everything that happened that year and what happened after I you know started talking about the book and put it out for pre-orders and all that stuff is that people started writing me hey are you writing about Pepper are you sharing your story there so many people because well, I think I guess because he's on the cover and people who don't even know me, who don't know my story, ask, you know, is this is this a book about grieving a pet? Is this a book about grieving a dog? And it just kind of hit me like, hey, you know, what if there's a ton of people out there kind of feeling the same way that I that I did, that kind of had a hard time expressing that grief in a I don't know, in a way that really was truly healing I don't know there's something there I, I kind of feel like I've, I've opened this little door both to healing and to pain and same with everything that that comes along with this book it's just I know it's going to require me you know doing interviews and book signings and 
maybe going on TV and doing stuff where I, I just, I put that broken piece of my heart out there for the whole world to see. And I think this is a part of why kind of the week following the book, the book launch or the book, uh, you know, pre-order release, I just, I, I got really low. I started feeling really, really low. <sighs> yeah. And, and it's been hard for me to pinpoint. I just, I felt really drained, really low, really tired. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of what I'm feeling now is I didn't give myself that space. I think what I would have needed really would be this, this space to sit with that, to process that, to not dive into the next piece of, of, of whatever work I'm doing, to not spend, you know, all day on my computer, to not like just continue, but to just stop. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. As many of you guys already know, my health has been a little bit up and down lately. So I took some tests recently, and when the test results came back, I had to do a complete overhaul of my diet. Turns out I have food sensitivities to pretty much everything right now. I can't have apple, soy, sugar, nutritional yeast, basil, dill, and gluten. I can't eat any gluten of any kind and gluten like used to be one of my favorite things when it comes to eating gluten-free i used to think it would be the most boring difficult thing ever for me it has been a little bit of an adjustment but it's so worth it because i'm already starting to feel much much better with my current lifestyle i'm so unbelievably grateful to bob's red mill because They are literally making it easy for me to make this transition. And now I have tons of delicious gluten-free options. Actually, I'm grateful for Bob's Red Mill always. But now I can make that chocolate cake that I normally make with regular, you know, white flour. I can make it with their gluten-free option instead. And actually, it tastes the same. Still so delicious. If you want to try and swap some of your baking or cooking recipes for gluten-free options, or just make sure you use really great quality flours and grains, head over to bobsredmill.com slash yoga girl, and you can enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. When I have something I have to fix or do, I like to be able to write it down and have a little list of like okay I can go from A to Z and then I'm gonna kind of take care of this piece I have to take care of and with all of this it's really hard because there's no formula there's no yeah there's there's nothing really I can do to elevate myself other than just give give myself that kindness that I that I spoke about a moment ago and it's always the first thing that comes up for me because I know when I feel low or stressed immediately there's that voice in the back of my head that tells me like oh you're not good enough it's so loud, that fucking voice sometimes, or it tells me you're not doing enough. You know, if I didn't have a productive day at work, you know, maybe because I was feeling low or I'm trying to cut myself some slack, so I'm trying to do less. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a half day at home with the baby, or we're going to just lie on the couch and watch the office, which we did two afternoons in a row after her nap. And it's not like we spent like 10 hours on the couch. Like we were like, you know, like an hour and a half on the couch eating popcorn watching the office which we normally never do on a you know never but then immediately like I feel oh there's that voice you know "Mm, you could be doing something productive with your time here (laughs) or it's the voice that says hmm if you're gonna rest you know quote-unquote rest shouldn't you be doing something constructive like you know go outside tend the garden walk the dogs go to the ocean like do something holistic there's that judgment in the back of my head judging me for how I choose to rest right isn't that ridiculous does anybody else have that or is that just me so say there's this 
And I've spoken about this on the show because I really try hard to make this work for me, that the scope of self-care, it has to be really wide. It can't just be one thing. It can't just be one type of energy, right? Like it has to be organic or it's not good for you. Like that, that doesn't work because we can't live that way. It's just not true for most of us. So what I used to think of, you know, as self-care would be a yoga class, a bath, meditation, you know, very kind of stuff that's good for you always, no matter what. And then I've had to widen it. You know, if I've had a really stressful long day, sometimes self-care, it's like having a glass of wine because that's what I really need to settle down. Like, that's okay. I have to be able to include that in the scope of self-care. Now, should I drink a whole bottle of wine or should I drink, you know, two glasses of wine every single day? No, you know, there's <laughs> obviously not. But there's that that space there in between where it's just, you know, sometimes lying on the couch, eating popcorn, watching The Office with your two-year-old is a really beautiful way to settle and to take care of yourself and to soften and to enjoy and to just be. But then because that's not, I don't know, because it's not this holistic thing, you know, watching Netflix, I have this little judgmental inner critic in the back of my head that doesn't really let me settle in that moment, right? It, it comes along with a little bit of guilt or, you know, it's not good for her to have screen time. It's not good for her. <laughs> and it's like, I like, it's not like we're watching Peppa Pig or masha and the bear or paw patrol or something like we're watching the office <laughs> two days in a row she woke up from her nap and she's like the office mama office office michael pam office <laughs> and then michael scott comes on and she goes michael michael and i'm like oh my god what have i done <laughs> i'm passing on really good <laughs> stuff that's what i'm doing no but anyway so there's that voice that inner critic that, that shows up even when I cut myself some slack, right? And somehow it's not as loud if I'm doing something like taking a yoga class because I have decided in my brain, of course, that yoga is always good no matter what. So that inner critic doesn't show up then. But yeah, if it's like drinking a glass of wine or eating a chocolate cake or doing something that absolutely, I mean, I know objectively in my head, 100% is a part of self-care, you know, calling up a friend, going out to dinner, like venting with someone. There's so much that involves just anything that helps us get through that challenging moment is a part of self-care. So, and and I have this inner critical voice that gets really loud and it gets especially loud when I'm feeling low, when I'm feeling tired, when I'm, you know, maybe physically not 100% there. So when I feel these past couple of days and I've been low and I've been trying to get through it, that inner critic has gone become louder, 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 louder. So first it was sort of like, oh, you're going to sit on the couch, you know, on a Monday, you're going to sit on the couch on a Monday <laughs> out of all the days in the week. Monday is supposed to be the most productive week. Very important. And we have a, uh, we have our COO, uh, Angela, she's here from Sweden for just a week, 10 days. So we're working a lot. We have a lot of things to get through. But then that voice is like, you could be working with Angela right now and like getting some serious stuff done. Like she's not always here. And it's Monday and you're sitting on the couch, you know. And then I tell that voice like, just, you know, let me, okay, just simmer down. You know, it's, it's an hour on the couch with my daughter. It's not the end of the world. Like, let me. But then, I don't know, these past few days, it's just kind of been there all the time. And the few ways I know to really manage that voice, and that voice can kind of start with something small, like, yeah, I'm watching The Office with my daughter. I'm a terrible mother. Can't believe my daughter is watching TV. So terrible. I'm basically the worst, basically torturing her right now. Oh, can't believe it. Number one. Number two, you know, this is not healthy. And, you know, should you really be eating that popcorn? And should you be... And suddenly it like spins out of control to like, 
you're not doing enough and you should be working harder and you should be working on your next book. <laughs> that was the thought, like the inner critical voice. When that voice said like, you're on the couch watching The Office eating popcorn where you could actually be working on your next book. Like, why are you so lazy? That was the thought that kind of snapped me out. Like, whoa, I don't know what my inner critic's name is. Like it fluctuates. Sometimes it's a man, male, male voice. Sometimes it's, it's female. Right now it's a female voice and she's a fucking bitch. Okay. She's not cool. Like at all, even remotely chill. And I was just had to go, go like, you know, I literally just finished literally like a second ago. I finished a book that took me five years and so much work. Oh my God. Emotional, physical time, all it, all of it just finished it five seconds ago. And right now I should be working on the next one. I was just like, okay, no, I got to snap out of whatever's like this broken record in my head. It's not taking me anywhere good. Right. So what I do in those instances, and this is sort of really for me, the only way in those moments where it's really intense, that voice, the only way to really snap me out of it all the way. And it's to move my body. It's just And sometimes, you know, especially when I'm tired, it's like, it's not what I want to do. I feel tired. I feel low. I want to stay on the couch and like look at Jim pranking Dwight. We just saw Jim and Pam get married yesterday. I've seen that episode thousands of times, so many times. And I just cry every time. No, you know, I don't want to move. I want to stay there and simmer in my low energy. But sometimes it's literally the only thing. So I, you know, will either roll out my mat and just move, which sometimes isn't enough. And these days I've been just getting on the treadmill and without any expectation. And I used to hate treadmills. You guys, I used to think people that run on treadmills are insane. I used to just, I was kind of judgmental toward people who would like go to the gym and run on a machine You know, like, and there was, of course, that inner critical voice that normally is turned toward myself. If we're judgmental toward ourselves, we judge other people automatically, oh, of course, 100%. And we're never going to judge other people the way we judge ourselves. We always judge ourselves way harsher. But I really used to be, oh, you know, super against it. Now I got to say, I love it. I super love it. I super crazy, crazy love it because, and I mean, it's probably a phase and probably in six months, I'll sit here <laughs> on the show thinking about like how insane I was, but just the ability to totally break a full sweat, like completely, it's, it kind of gets me to this place where I don't have to think, right? It's just my body moving, sweating, moving energy inside of my body. And that's something Dennis has always talked to me about for years, like that his version of meditation, he says, it's just movement. And essentially what he's doing is moving that stagnant energy that kind of gets stuck in our heads or that judgmental mind or just that low vibration of whatever is stuck there, the icky, sticky stuff. Any type of movement, doesn't matter how you move. Hell no. I mean, you can go pole dance or Zumba or a run or like aerobics or yoga. Like what doesn't matter what you do. If you're moving, you're doing it right. Like that's just, that's just what it is. And I found that like 20 minutes on the treadmill or 30 minutes or whatever, it just, it immediately snaps me out of whatever I'm in, which has been kind of cool. So I think what I've done is taken this thing that I used to really despise and I've converted it into a tool that I've now added to my self-care toolbox, which is kind of rad. <laughs> I, feel, I feel really good about that. And I'm kind of like, you know, Like, I wish I hadn't judged that so harshly before. And it just proves we can't say that we know anything for sure ever. 
you know, this is what it is. This is, this is good. This is bad. No, like maybe now at this time in my life, running has sort of entered my life somehow. And that's, that's cool that that's happening right now. I don't know if it's going to be that way in two months, like who knows, but right now it's kind of, I, I got to just appreciate that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. It's always summer in Aruba, but the summer FabFitFun box is now on sale everywhere. Getting these boxes always gets me in the mood for new adventures. Let me give you a few spoilers of this season's surprise. There's the Vix Paula Harmony Lotus Towel, which is absolutely beautiful. The Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer. Tie-dye bowls for summer snacks. A kimono, which is my favorite thing to wear. And a bunch more amazing goodies. You'll be all set for beach trips and nights out with your girlfriends all summer long. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year. It's like Christmas, but during every season. With each box, you get to discover new products, including rave review must-haves that you will absolutely love. I've missed the changing seasons in Aruba, and this box is one way I still get to experience them. Every box you receive will contain amazing surprises of full-sized fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products too. There'll never be sample sizes of anything. Try it out right now. It's only $49.99 a box, and every box is guaranteed to be worth over $200 in retail value. The 2019 Summer Box has a retail value of $460. Many products' individual value is worth more than the whole box put together. The best part of all is FabFitFun allows you the choice to pick and choose certain items in the box. You can make it match exactly what you are looking for. No matter where you live, this box will have you prepped with all the necessities for summer so you can focus on the new memories you'll be creating. Sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. Use my code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use the promo code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com and use my code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first FabFitFun box. What I'm trying to really, you know, learn, I guess, is this critical voice, the inner critic. And I have a couple of podcasts on the inner critic that I've done with groups, with our teacher training groups. If you haven't listened to that, please do. It's so beautiful. We all have that inner critical voice. We all do. And if you're sitting here right now wondering, oh, I have no idea what she means. I definitely don't have that voice. It probably means that you're so identified with the voice that you don't know the difference between the voice and you right? We all have that voice. It's called the ego. We all have it. And if we fully identify with it, if we're not able to ever separate, you know, from that, from that voice, ever step out and look at, hey, you know, what are these thoughts that I'm thinking to myself all day? What are these words, sentences, stories that I'm repeating in my mind, you know, all day long? If we're not able to even look at that, you know, chances are we're living this kind of life that's where we're led by that inner critic, right? Where our actions are led from that place, that place of non-presence. And that's something that's super true when we're fully present in the moment, really, really, really present here now. The the inner critic goes, you know, the ego just can't work with the present moment. The ego cannot coexist with what's here now. It's completely attached to time. So it's either obsessing about something that happened in the past that shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have been, can't believe it was that way, the coulda, woulda, shoulda, or it's attached to the future with worry or anxiety or feeling unsettled or fearful about what might come. But, you know, in this moment here now, if we become really, really present with where we are, with the heart, with the body in this moment, neither of those things are true, right? So the past, it's this 
it's not happening anymore. It's, it's the past is in the past. It's not playing out right here, right now. So what we have attached to is this idea of what happened, right? It's this story that plays out of this memory or a story that we've attached to a memory of what was and whether that was terrible or great, but it's not real in this moment, right? It exists in the mind. And same with the future. It hasn't happened yet. We can play out all sorts of scenarios and fears and worries and all these things that might go wrong and that, you know, are going to bring us anxiety. But um, the truth is it's not true. It's not real. It's not, it's not real. And it hasn't happened yet. Might not ever happen ever. You know, I think most of the things that we worry about are going to, you know, maybe come our way tomorrow. They never even happen. You know, or we worry about how other people are perceiving us or so many worries oh, that goes into a human mind. But when we're able to bring ourselves to that place of total presence, right, of absolute total presence, whether that is, for me, yoga and meditation, we're always the number one, both of them together shared, just the easiest way for me to really be here now. And there's something about that ability to deeply connect breath with movement, you know, that, that whether you're in this, in a place of stillness or in transition, moving from point A to point B, that breath as the anchor, keeping you very aware, we're very attentive with our body. Where are we going? You know, where have we come from and where am I right now? We can just become very alert in that space of the in-between. And those are the moments usually where, where the body gets to quiet down. And there are beautiful techniques that the yoga practice brings us that we can take off the mats to keep that practice up all the time, all day. Another way is just any type of movement, right? When the body really gets to take over. And I find for me what works the best, I mean, up until I, up until this running thing I have going on, what really works the best has been sort of chaotic movement. So putting on a song and dancing, going crazy in my living room, just totally bananas, dancing, however, moving just however my body wants to move. Like that's always been a go-to as well. But now somehow running works too. So... <laughs> so many ways so many things we can include into, into that space whatever brings us presence and I think this is a really important lesson it's been a really important lesson in my life whatever brings us into the moment do more of that I mean really whatever brings us genuinely into the moment what brings us into our bodies into our hearts whether it's dance or movement or running or sweating or yoga or sex or laughter or spending time with your kids or being with your dogs, your cats, being in nature, swimming, you know, whatever brings you here now, do more of that. Do more of that. Incorporate some of it every single day of your life. And it doesn't have to be, you know, that every single hour you have a moment of something. Of course, the more present moment awareness we can practice the the better the easier we're going to feel our lives are going to be but incorporate something every day that makes you intensely present it could be something as listening to a podcast you know if it's really genuine and heartfelt and here maybe some of you guys feel that way listening right here right now like are you in your body now are you listening to this podcast with one ear while you know writing your to-do list on your phone at the same time or are you listening while doing something else you know can you be really present listening from that place of the heart listening from that very very heartfelt genuine place i mean there's there's meditation to be found in everything it 100 percent is so i've been kind of yeah i've had to, i've felt over the past couple of days i've had to work at this right i've had to really 
mm, try hard. It's just been, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not at, at an even, I'm not starting at zero. I'm starting at like minus 15 and I'm trying to get up, up, up. And then something brings me down and whether it's astrological or, you know, I think a combination of, a combination of things. And what I keep coming back to again and again is, is I have to cut myself some slack. It's literally the only way because that inner critical voice, well, it's super exhausting to listen to all the time. It takes up a lot of space. It's, it's, and, and eventually if I'm really low, like I have been up for the past couple of days, I start, you know, if I'm not careful, I start thinking it's truth, right? That inner critical voice will say something and I'll go, oh yeah, that sucks. That's, that's true. You know, like I'll put on a bathing suit to go out and, and play in the pool with Lea Luna and my inner critic goes, like, you're not, you're not looking great in the suit. You know, you should probably lose some weight right now. If I don't catch that thought, if I don't catch that story, you know, it can catapult me into this place of total self-hate. You know, if I'm scrolling through Instagram and all I see are these picture-perfect bodies of super skinny, I don't know what's, what's, I mean, you know, everybody struggles with this, of course, you know, small bodies, larger bodies, doesn't matter, we all have it, but there's definitely an overflow in all of society, glamorizing and this idea of perfection when it comes to being really thin. And, uh, you know, if we're scrolling through Instagram and that's all we see are this, this idea of perfect, this idea of perfection, whatever the fuck it is, it's going to really distort our brain. It's going to really mess us up. And every time we see that, you know, the brain goes, okay, so that's normal. And then we look at ourselves and we go, oh, okay, so this is not good. You know, I gotta, I gotta change. I gotta do something. And then maybe that thought, that judgment brings us toward a place of action. Maybe we do something. Okay, wait, I gotta, I gotta run now. Like that could be an example. I gotta move now. I gotta go do something because I gotta lose weight because I'm not good enough. You know, can you sense just the, the difference in the energy of that type of movement versus, yeah, versus getting on the treadmill to shake something out, to sweat, to find presence, you know, from moving that energy inside of your body because the energy should be moved. There's something very, very, very different there. And I think if the inner critical voice if it's very loud especially about our bodies or how we look or the reflection in the mirror or all of that it, it can be really easy to slip into this place of of taking action from a really scary negative place right and if you hate yourself or if you're living from that critical voice that tells you you're not enough you're too fat you're too flabby you should be different you should lose weight you should you should you know you're not good enough if you live from that place and you let that voice lead the way it's, it's going to be really, really, really hard. It's going to be really hard to make our way toward that sense of, of present moment. It's going to be really hard to use movement as a way to really snap us into the here and now. If we start to use movement only as this remedy for not liking what we see in the mirror. So something that's actually deeply sacred, deep, you know, huge part of of being human, a huge part of walking this earth is the ability to move the body. There's something so joyful about that. And it should come from that place too, you know, not out of, out of guilt, not out of feeling, you know, self-hate or not feeling enough or not, you know, out of wanting to change, but out of the joy and release and freedom that comes with just moving the body any way we like. And a couple of ways that I, I find, at least for me, it's been more challenging this week than other weeks, but that helps me 
balance that voice is we have to make space for another type of voice, right? So that's when I say when I mean we have to cut ourselves some slack and be be kinder to ourselves. I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but the idea of the inner best friend, right? So we have this inner critical voice. We also have this other voice and some of us are more familiar with it than others. The inner best friend. How would you speak to your best friend if she was saying these things about herself you know the way you talk about yourself the way your inner critic speaks to you if your best friend spoke that out loud what would you tell her you would tell her oh my god this is crazy you know you look beautiful you're amazing you have so much going for you you're so powerful you do so much you do enough you know that that voice of the inner best friend that's actually the voice of reason that voice that speaks from the heart out of love instead of out of fear it requires a little bit of opening there. We have to give that voice some space. And sometimes it's hard to find. Sometimes we can feel even really, we're kind of so used to speaking negatively about ourselves that it feels almost fake or strange or awkward or embarrassing to speak to ourselves kindly, especially if we try to do it out loud. (laughs) You know, like we're so quick. I think especially as women, we're kind of taught to deflect compliments. You know, oh, you look look so beautiful. Oh, no, in this old thing. Oh, just, you know, God, I really know. I know. I know. You know, we say no. I just pick that off the floor. Oh, I didn't even shower today. You know, we just deflect instead of, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so kind. Oh, you know, I, I feel that. I'll, I'll take that. It's also a, another practice that really comes along with this. But that inner best friend, if we don't feel connected to that voice, maybe what we need is we need to have actual other people in our lives help bring that voice to life, right? So something that I would love to invite for you right now, and if you have, for sure you have this person in your life, it could be a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, a yoga buddy, anyone that you have, make it a little bit of a challenge today and over the next week to every single day check in with a compliment. And not just a compliment of like, you look good, you know, not just the physical, you know, attributes of whatever meat suit <laughs> you're in, but to every day, once a day, and it should be, you know, at an unexpected time to text, take your friend, text them at any point of the day with something really genuine, you know, maybe something that you know they actually need to be reminded of. Maybe you know them well enough that you kind of know where their inner critic gets loud, right? Whether it's about cutting yourself some slack, giving yourself space and permission to rest, asking for help, you know, whether it's work-related or family or relationship or around motherhood or far- fatherhood or Whatever is there, you know, once a day for one week starting today, make that commitment to each other to give each other that moment of love, that moment of appreciation, that moment of just loving on each other. And then whoever does it first in the day, then the other person just responds whenever there's space and time, right? So not out of having to do it or, you know, she said that to me, so I have to write it back. No, just out of, out of all the beauty that you see in your best friend, all the beauty you see in your and your mom and your dad and your brother, your sister, whoever it is. And thinking of that person right now, if you if you know who automatically comes to mind, just like, you know how beautiful they are. You know how many amazing qualities they have. You know how powerful they are when they're in alignment, when they feel that power, right? When they feel that beauty, when they feel that truth. You know already. And trust me when I say that they're thinking of you right now in that same way. They're thinking, oh, you know, she has so much going for her. She has so many beautiful qualities. Wow, she's so special. He's so special. They're so special. Really, I mean, there is that inherent, absolutely beautiful, unique, 
ass-kickingly awesome quality to you that only you embody. No one else. There's no one else out there that can do what you do the way you do it, right? There's, there's, there's nobody else. It has to be you. And sometimes we need someone on the outside to actually help remind us of what's reality like, you know, especially when things get really hard and we spend three days in a row beating ourselves up about how we should do better or be more productive or, you know, like my couple of days of just, yeah, not feeling enough, not feeling strong enough, good enough, pretty enough, you know, all the enoughs. That's been me these past couple of days. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Finding a new job is hard work. I can't even tell you the weird jobs I did growing up just to try to make some money to travel. But what if you had your own personal recruiter to help you find a better job? That would have been a dream when I was doing anything to try to teach yoga. Now, ZipRecruiter's technology can do that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app, let it know what kind of jobs you're interested in, and its technology starts doing the work for you. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs you will like and puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone just like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know, so if you're interested in the job, you can apply right away. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. And based on a third-party survey, 7 out of 10 people who found a new job on ZipRecruiter increased their salaries. Not only that, doing a job you like changes every aspect of your life. If it will increase your happiness, it's so worth it. Maybe you'll find your dream job. Download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today and let the power of technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it can help you find a better job. Yesterday was sort of the culmination of these days of feeling kind of low. Actually, the I spoke about it a little bit on Instagram a couple days ago. I interviewed LP, the one of my all-time favorite artists. The show is going to be out uh, next week. You know, I, I was so so nervous about this interview and I was already feeling kind of low on energy and I have been for these couple of days and I got really nervous about the interview which I do every time before I I interview someone I don't know but especially someone famous and someone accomplished and you know an inner critic just gets kind of loud and usually it's it's just right before I record the inner critic goes oh you can't do it oh you suck oh you're gonna fuck this interview up but then it just it's very brief and I just tell it to kind of take a seat over there (laughs) I'm going to lead the way right now. You know, all the self-doubt, like you can hang out, but you got to, you got to, you got to remove yourself. You can't, you can't be all up in my space. You got to like go sit on the other side of the room and then I just do it. But then right before this interview, for a bunch of reasons, we had technical difficulties and yeah, the mics stopped working, like all this stuff happened uh, right before. And then I was kind of left with a lot of space before the interview where I just kind of sat here ready with the mic, ready to, to record, but LP wasn't there yet. And that voice just got super loud to the point of almost, literally almost, I mean, not that close, but almost making me not want to do it. (laughs) How insane is that? Literally, you know, I'm in this unbelievably blessed, unreal position. I mean, looking at it now, it's just, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this is part of my reality. I get to sit on my bedroom floor in fucking Aruba a million miles from everything recording with with these unbelievably amazing accomplished people and they want to come on the show and they drive all the way across Los Angeles to go to our production studio and record like that is huge 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 and you know if anything I should give myself props for having created this podcast and of course you know if I sucked if I was the world's worst podcast host or if I was that terrible interviewer or whatever you know 
I wouldn't be here. No one, no one would want to come on the show, but people do. But that voice, you know, it got really loud in terms of, oh, you know, oh, you know, can't believe this is today. And, and oh, you're probably going to say the wrong thing. And, oh, you know, and oh, all these thoughts in my head. And what if you pronounce this and that thing wrong? Or what if you have this total awkward side? It was just so intense that almost, almost made me want to stand up and leave. <laughs> just go like, hey, you know what? Let's cancel this. <laughs> this was a bad idea actually I thought I could do it but turns out I'm a shitty person I can't do it everything about me sucks you should go find someone else to to record with (laughs) anyway it's ridiculous just saying the story now I can hear its ridiculousness but that was the feeling in that moment like it got really really overwhelmingly strong and in the end you know like LP got on like what's up super happy mega excited so stoked to be on the show we had you know the best conversation, literally my, one of my, one of my all-time favorite episodes. You're, you'll know, you'll know, like you'll, you'll just hear the flow, the insights, the, oh, the, the, just the awesomeness that came out of the show. It was amazing. And then immediately afterwards, I could kind of catch myself and go, oh, you know, this is the best thing ever. Why do I beat myself up before something like this? So sometimes it just requires kind of plowing through, ignoring that voice and doing it anyway. But that, you know, following that I had to I had to kind of tell Dennis I had to be like hey you know I'm being really hard on myself this week I don't know why everything I do I feel like I kind of suck everything I do I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up everything I do I feel like I'm not enough I feel really anxious all the time like I had to really sit him down and say that I don't know why and I'm probably snapping at you I'm probably you know probably being kind of difficult this week I don't know why but I just I need to to really tell you so that so that you can you know help me manage it somehow and then his first response was, he's like, oh, but do you want to do something just us? Do you want to take a day and just, you know, should I cancel something? Should we do something? Just take the baby and go somewhere and go to the beach or just be alone. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. You know, I need someone else to bring that initiative. And like, should we, how can I help you snap out of this funk? Right. And then yesterday, which was out of all these days that I've been really low, the worst day of all couple reasons the baby didn't sleep so I, I just I had two hours of sleep which is really weird you normally sleep super well they was just the lowest uh really really someone very close to me got some really hard news and it hit me really strong just a lot of things came up and at the end of the day I was just at a level where I felt so low that I don't know how to get off this couch I don't know I don't know how to turn this around I really don't and every single Tuesday, Dennis goes and plays soccer. It's his favorite thing of the week. I mean, it really is. He loves, I mean, he bikes and runs and swims and does a bunch of stuff. But his soccer nights, he loves them. They're kind of sacred for him. And I just had this moment of, you know, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't, you know, I need help. I need, I just, I, I, just the thought of being alone with a baby and somehow making dinner and managing this. It just felt like I can't. And I had to tell him like, hey, I really don't want to do this or ask this of you, but could you please skip soccer this week and stay home and help me? And this maybe sounds like a, not a big deal, but I very rarely, oh my God, very rarely will kind of, especially when I know it's something that he loves. Like, I feel like it's a sacrifice for him and I don't want him to do that. I want him to have, you know, his good week and all that stuff, but really sit him down and like, police like I I know you love soccer but you know please and he was like of course of course no big deal of course you know canceled it right away and then we spent the evening cooking together and 
just sitting around the table, him, me and the baby, no distractions whatsoever, put our phones away and just had a totally normal evening, really normal evening. And then this saint of a man, like at 9.30, I was like, I'm going to go to bed. He's like, okay, I love you, you know, have a good sleep. And then I woke up this morning at, I guess, 6.30 or something. I mean, and uh, I slept all through the night. I didn't wake up one single time, nothing. And I'm just in awe. And Dennis isn't there. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I find him in with the baby because the baby woke up early and he didn't wake me up, nothing. And I was like, where were you? He said, oh, I just thought maybe I sleep in the guest room with all the dogs and the baby monitor just so that nothing would disturb you so you could have the night's sleep. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Oh, I could just cry like the, seriously, you know, because the monitor and the dogs, like it's part of what wakes me up all the time. And it was just like, and oh, and we didn't even have like sheets in the guest room or anything. He just like, like a typical, <laughs> typical dad who <laughs> just like slept sheetless on the bed and, you know, and it's just, it feels like a tiny little miracle. I don't know. It, it, it Maybe it sounds like a small thing, but for me, it was just this big, this big thing that Sometimes we just need to really ask for help, even if we feel uncomfortable doing it, even if with me, it always comes with a little bit of guilt. It's okay. You know, it's okay. And what we think are this huge thing for other people, you know, that it demands a lot of them or that we're ruining their day somehow or whatever. You know, it's also another thing we build up in our heads and the people who love us, they want to be there for us. And sometimes it's, it's not just asking for help. It's allowing yourself to receive it too. And I swear to God, those eight and a half hours of straight sleep, I, I woke up this morning a new person, <laughs> a brand new person. I feel, I don't know, way more stable, way more grounded. Oh, yeah. And, you know, didn't take much, but it also took a lot. So if you can, you know, pick your person right now. Who is your person that you're going to have a week of loving on each other together? Who? You know, it could be your husband, your wife. Could be anyone in your family, could be a friend, anyone who just who comes to mind. Maybe you pick someone you know needs a little extra loving. But it's also not just giving that love every day, sharing something beautiful about them to them. You can do it in person, you can pick up the phone, you can do it in text, you can write them a letter, whatever, something every day. But it's not just about loving on them, it's also letting yourself receive. So that when they write you, when you get that text, when you get that phone call, to not deflect, you know, to not be so quick to move on with your day but to really read it or really listen from that place of just heart-centered listening really take it in and then see if you can see yourself the way your person sees you because they see you full of love like unbelievable amounts of it i uh, love you ask for help if you need it you're not alone I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Bob's Red Mill, FabFitFun, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>